All right. Well, I'm excited to uh, seek the Lord with you guys and talk about the spiritual gift of tongues. Uh, if you're new with us, we have been pursuing kind of being a people filled with the Holy Spirit for a long time. And over the last year or so, we've taken time monthly to have gatherings like this where we pick a different topic related to a spiritual gift. So we've done healing, we've done the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have done prophecy, tonight we're doing tongues. So it's kind of a, in a flow, and we put it out there, and whoever's interested, whoever's interested uh, come. So I'm really glad that you guys are here, and I'm excited and expectant for what the Lord is going to do. Um, and so here's how this time is going to go. I'm going to walk you through the scriptures on the gift of tongues. We're going to take time to study the Bible together and see what the Bible says about the gift of tongues. I'll take about 30 minutes or so. Then we're going to take a five-minute break. We're going to use the restroom, get a drink of water, come back in. And then you're going to hear testimonies from our own midst about people experiencing the gift of tongues. That'll be about 30 minutes, I imagine, 20, 30 minutes. And then we'll have a ministry time. If you're like, hey, I want to receive this gift, we would love to pray for you and seek the Lord with you. Sound good? All right. I would encourage you to take out some sort of note-taking device, some way to kind of take this down, because what I'm hoping to do is walk you through the scriptures and then give you something that you can study on your own to learn more, or someone might be asking you a question right now or soon about this gift, and you'll be able to give away what you have received. I just encourage you to write it down and open your Bibles. We're going to start with a working definition of the gift of tongues. So I realize that when we come together like this, we've got people who are like, I have never heard of that before. Y'all gonna swing from chandeliers and handle snakes? Like, I'm just coming to check it out. You have others that have been grown up more in a conservative uh, church where it's like, ooh, we, we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Bible. We're nervous about spiritual gifts, and that's okay. So if that's you, you're welcome here. And then we have others that come from more of a uh, Pentecostal charismatic, maybe even charismaniac type church where it's like all about spiritual gifts. And so you're here and you're like, how do I sort this in with the rest of my life and walk with God? So wherever you are, there's room in the pool for you to jump in and swim at your pace. So gift of tongues, working definition. This is from N.T. Wright, who's a very well-known prominent theologian in his commentary on 1 Corinthians. This is how he defines it. It says, tongues refers to the gift of speech, which through making sounds and using apparent or even actual languages somehow bypasses the speaker's conscious mind. Such speech is experienced as a stream of praise in which, though the speaker may not be able to articulate what precisely is being said, a sense of love for God, of adoration and gratitude wells up and overflows. It is like a private language of love. That's a great definition just to kind of start wrapping your mind around regardless of your background on what we're talking about with the gift of tongues. So I want to walk you through in the Bible four types of the gift of tongues, four uses, four manifestations, if you will. And then we're going to spend most of our time walking through the keynote text in the Bible on the gift of tongues, 1 Corinthians 14. So the first type of uh, uh, manifestation or use of the gift of tongues is a public tongue meant to be done kind of in public, not in private, but in public like this. And it's a witness to unbelievers. 
1 Corinthians 14, 22 says this, thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. So we see one dimension of the gift of tongues, one manifestation is a witness to non-believers. The key text in the Bible where this happens is Acts chapter 2, verse 2, talking about Pentecost. And I'll read it with you. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, them being the disciples. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the disciples are praying. God pours out the Holy Spirit on them. One of the manifestations or fruits of that baptism of the Spirit is they're all speaking in tongues. Now let's read more about it in verse 5. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, meaning the tongues, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. So non-believers hearing tongues being poured out and what they're hearing is all these different men and women speaking forth praises to God in the native language of the person hearing. Verse 7 said they were amazed and astonished saying are not all these who are speaking Galileans how is it that we hear each one of us in his own native language Parthians and Medes Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia Judea Cappadocia Pontus and Asia Phrygia and Pamphylia Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome both Jews and proselytes Cretans and Arabians we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So you see, one manifestation of the gift of tongues is this public proclamation that somehow through the power of God actually communicates the gospel in a way that it's a witness to non-believers. If you study missions history, you will read stories about this happening where people are going into new territories where they don't know the language and God will move in powerful ways and they'll speak in tongues and people will understand what's going on. So that's the first type of the gift of tongues. Type two, another public use of tongues is tongues functioning as a prophetic word. First Corinthians 14, five says this. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so the church may be built up. So Paul's talking about tongues and prophecy. He's saying, hey, I want you to prophesy because when people understand what you're saying, the, the, the function of prophetic ministry is to build people up. If you're just speaking in tongues and no one understands what's going on, they're not going to be built up unless you pray for an interpretation, Right? And then God gives an interpretation, and now tongues begin to function like a prophetic word that begin to build up the church. That's the second kind of manifestation of the gift of tongues. Number three, this is a private manifestation of the gift of tongues for personal edification. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. But get this. But the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. The one who prophesies builds up the church. So here we have a, a manifestation of the gift of tongues where you're 
praying in tongues, you're speaking in tongues, and the goal is not witnessing to non-believers. It's not that a prophetic word would go forth. It is a personal upbuilding, edification, strengthening. How many of you know we all need to be built up, encouraged, and strengthened? At least I do. Number four, and the last type that we see in Scripture is private tongues for intercession. So this is speaking in tongues and it functioning as a prayer of intercession. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So here we see this picture of someone praying, not knowing what to pray, but the ministry of the Holy Spirit working through someone in groanings too deep for words. Not, not understandable words, but this groaning, this uh, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues uh, is a function of intercession or a way to intercede. So the four basic types of tongues, that's a definition of tongues. Now let's walk through 1 Corinthians 14, which is the keynote text in the Bible. And I think those four uh, kind of manifestations of tongues will help us make sense of what is being said here. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. And he says this, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, this is really important. If you are from uh, the type of church where it's like we never talked about the Holy Spirit at all, I don't know very much about it other than I'm skeptical, Right? What we see in the word is that we are called to be a people that pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that eagerly desire spiritual gifts, like that hunger after them, and even particularly that, they, uh, that we might prophesy. So this is not kind of a laissez-faire attitude towards spiritual gifts of, well, if God wants to give it, I guess he'll give it to me. I'll kind of go about my life. No, this is a call, an admonition that we're to be hungry and to thirst, and to pursue, and to seek after the things of the Spirit that honors God. Now, if you're from kind of the more charismatic end of the church, what I want to point out to you is the the beginning of that call is to pursue love. That spiritual gifts are important, but they're part of the picture. They're not the whole picture, right? We're called to be a people of love. 1 Corinthians, as an entire book, addresses theology, it addresses sexual morality, it addresses sexual relationships, it addresses idolatry, it addresses the resurrection, it addresses uh, truth and lies and so many different things, right? And one great illustration that I heard is if you're thinking about cooking eggs like in a pan, you know, on, your, on my burner we have a gas stove and so it has a flame and you can have the pan uh, situated such as that one part of the eggs are getting overdone And then another part of the eggs are barely cooking at all, right? And you kind of have to arrange your pan so that it gets cooked evenly. We can, uh, depending on what church we grow up in, what our personality is, kind of what we're exposed to, become an egg that's cooked a whole lot in one area and very underdeveloped in another, right? And what we want is we want to be uh, well-cooked eggs uh, that people can enjoy. Okay, so verse 2 Paul goes on to say, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to man, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. So here we learn some things about tongues. Paul is saying, hey, in the church, I want you to prophesy, right? Because that builds other people up. It's a function of love. 
But now he's talking about what tongues do. And he's not discouraging the gift of tongues. He's not saying don't use them. It's not valid for today. Any of those things. He's just saying when you speak in tongues, you're not speaking to men. When I pray in tongues, I'm not talking to Donnie. I'm talking to God. No one understands them, but something very real and powerful is happening. I'm speaking forth mysteries in the spirit to God. So there's this spiritual encounter that's happening as we pray in tongues, according to the Apostle Paul. Verse 3, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. So you contrast it, right? Prophecy is building you up. Praying in tongues, one of the functions is building me up. And that's a good thing. Verse 4, the one who speaks in tongues builds himself or herself up. The one who prophesies builds up the church. So again, do you and I need to be built up? Yes, we do. We all need encouragement. We all need strengthening, right? And the gift of tongues is a good gift from God to help strengthen us. When we're in a church setting like this or a group setting, Paul's saying, hey, I want you to prophesy because it actually helps everyone, builds everyone up. But he's not dissuading or discouraging the gift of tongues. In fact, he's going to tell us in a moment that he prays in tongues more than everyone. Um, interesting little aside, if you'll see the picture of this uh, woman that, that's going to come up on the screen. Her name is Jackie Pullinger. She is a missionary in uh, Hong Kong, in kind of a very poor part of Hong Kong, a drug-riddled part of Hong Kong. And a key to her ministry, ministering to the poorest of the poor, is, is seeing them receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. And through praying in tongues, through being built up, they find power to get free of their opium addictions. So if you're like, huh, that's interesting. I want to encourage you to buy the book on Amazon called Chasing the Dragon, and it tells her story. I've heard her speak in person. Really powerful lady. If you YouTube around, you can find, um, you can find videos of her as well. So verse 5, Paul says, and this is challenging, now I want all, I want you all to speak in tongues. Now I want you all to speak in tongues. So good question, are tongues for everyone? Does God want to give everyone the gift of tongues? I don't know. Seems like that's his prerogative to do that, and I don't understand how he administrates spiritual gifts. But what we see here is Paul, as a leader in the church, is saying, hey, I want all of you to pray in tongues. So what that tells me is that our question should not be, well, I assume that I'm not one of those people unless God, like, overrides my brain and my tongue and I just start speaking like a robot and tongues come out from me. No, but there's an admonition that we all are to pursue this and long for this and seek after it and let God decide what he wants to do, okay? I had a friend one time ask me, hey, do you think that, uh, that why don't, uh, does God give the gift of healing or does he want to give the gift of healing to everyone? I said, I don't know, but what I do know is that most people, most of us, we hear about something like the gift of healing, like that's cool, we pray for it once, twice, three times, and unless we're seeing people raised from the dead, we just kind of move on to the next thing that we're interested in. But few of us will labor in prayer and pursue something for a month, a year, two years, a decade, so on and so forth. I think the same with the gift of tongues. So many times when people talk to me about it, it's like, man, I want the gift of tongues if I can receive it right now or tomorrow. And if that doesn't happen, I'm on to the next thing. We see in the Bible, there's this longing to be hunger and to pursue 
every single one of us, the gift of tongues. Verse 5. Now, I want, you, uh, I want you to speak in tongues, but then even more, the end of verse 5, I want you even more to prophesy. So again, there's to be this hunger in our hearts to be used in prophetic ministry as well. Not to assume we're the outsiders that's not to receive that gift, but to come in with a heart that's like, God, I believe you actually want to give this to me. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so the church may be built up. So here he shifts from talking about the tongue that builds you up to the speaking in tongues. And then someone says, hey, I believe I have an interpretation for that. I believe I understand what God is wanting to say. And then they share that. And if you've ever been in one of those settings where it's administered well, it is powerful when someone has a, a corporate tongue, we call it, a group, a tongue for the group, and then someone has an interpretation. Verse, um, verse 13, we're going to skip down because he, he goes into some other stuff. Verse 13, we're going to continue the discussion on tongues. He said, therefore, one who speaks in tongues should pray that he may interpret. So continuing this idea, if you have the gift of tongues, then you should pray when you come into a meeting that God would move through you and give you a word for people to see them built up. Verse 14, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So when you're praying in tongues, right, your spirit is praying, your mind, he's saying it's unfruitful. You're not, you're not coming from the same place. You're not praying with known words. So verse 15, what am I to do? What am I to do in that case? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. So here he's saying, just because your mind's not working, he said, don't just turn this off and give it up. Pray with your spirit, pray in tongues, and also pray with your mind in known words where you know what you're asking God. Sing praise with my spirit. So here's singing in tongues. Sing praise in tongues, right? But also sing praise in with your mind, with intelligible words like we sang tonight. Verse 16, otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to what your thanksgiving is when he does not know what you are saying? So if I'm singing in tongues and you walk in here, how do you know what I'm praising God about? So it's saying you want to have in a group, you want to, uh, you want to sing in words that people understand. Verse 18, now note this, I like this. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Is this Christian trash talk? Like, is this kind of, you know, I, I don't know how he knows that he speaks in tongues more than all of them. But what it tells me is the Apostle Paul, this master theologian, this incredible church planner, this apostle that suffered way more than, than maybe all of our sufferings combined for Jesus, that a deep part of his discipleship to Jesus was a secret life of prayer utilizing the gift of tongues. That's a good example for us, to, for all of us. 1 Corinthians 14, 19, then he says, Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So though Paul has this vibrant, private prayer life, praying in tongues, when he comes into a group, what he's wanting to have is a prophetic word for the group because that builds everyone up. Is it possible to pull up 1 Corinthians 14, 26? I don't have it in the, in the slide, but I just like to look at that before we move on. Possible? Oh, he's good. So then, 
Uh, I want to read this verse because this kind of paints a picture of how Paul sees the gifts of the Spirit working in a church meeting. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. So picture this, the church coming together. Think about your life group coming together. And everyone, rather than coming with just, hey, here's what happened at work, or here's the traffic we fought through, or here's what we're doing this weekend. If everyone came, kind of prayed up with something to give. The Spirit wants to give not just a few, but when you come together, each one has something. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a teaching. Maybe it's just something that God showed you. Maybe it's a tongue, or maybe it's an interpretation. And let all things be done for the building up. That sounds like a very exciting uh, church meeting to go to, right? So we want to pursue this. How does it work out kind of in our midst? Uh, It's a good question. So on kind of our larger group gatherings like this, literally if we tried to practice this, it would be pure chaos. Like if everyone was, I mean, we'd just be here for hours, like trying to figure it all out. So on Sunday mornings, what we do is we really try to uh, uh, sift and filter and, and, and steward the, the things that the Spirit wants to do. And so we'll give prophetic words. You'll hear those regularly. Typically, we have tested and prayed through those and taken time to really pour over those in prayer. Uh, we would, uh, around here for a while, you'll hear, a, 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 Lord willing, a public tongue, right? Someone want to share a tongue, and we'll, we'll believe the Lord for an interpretation. We'll do that. Uh, you'll hear prophetic words kind of here at the end. We'll pray for healing, trying to exercise the gifts of teaching and hospitality. You've got hymns and songs going for us. So we're doing it. We're just trying to steward it in an orderly way so that anyone who walks off the street could understand what's going on and could receive from the Lord. But in our life groups, when it's a smaller group, it's a really great place for us to grow in these things and to practice these things and to seek the Lord together. So if you're like, man, I want to grow in this. I want to operate in this. Your life group leaders want you to as well. This is the environment that we're trying to pursue. It's not the only thing, right? We don't want to be an overcooked egg on one part and be real runny on the other, but it is a very vibrant and vital part that we want to pursue. We believe that the spirit fills. And so I want to encourage you in your life groups to pursue this and encourage one another to come with something to give, with something to pour out, believing God wants to do something. Okay, so that's a basic overview of the gift of tongues. Hopefully, depending on your perspective and where you're from, it gives you some insight. What I want to do now is take a five-minute break. So at 6.04, at 6.09, we'll start back. And what you're going to get an opportunity here is testimony of how this is played out in Bob and Suzette Mabry's life. Bob and Suzette, if y'all will wave. So their story is... I believe it's going to encourage you. And so about five minutes, we'll start interviewing them. And I think that will paint a picture of what the gift of tongues looks like in someone's life. Okay, so get some water, use the restroom. All right, here we go with part two of our evening. After kind of studying through the Bible and learning about scripturally the gift of tongues, uh, Bob and Suzette Mabry, uh, who are a part of our church, they're going to share their own journey with the gift of tongues, and I think it's going to inspire, encourage you, build your faith. Uh, So I'm going to give them the microphone and kind of just let them share a little bit about who they are, kind of how they came to the Lord, and then I'm going to ask them some questions about kind of what happened with the gift of tongues in their life. Does that sound good? 
Okay. I was born in Coleman, Texas, a long, long time ago. <laughs> I grew up in a very conservative church, the Church of Christ, and I always envied the other kids who went to other churches because they seemed to have more fun. And I thought that the Catholic Church was the best of all because you got to do all kinds of signs and, uh, you know, bow down to things. And that, that was exciting to me, too. But I was taught that this was all there was, that the interpretation of the Bible, the way we interpreted it, there was no questions. That was it. And I always wanted more. I just thought, where is the good news? I was not having fun, and I didn't want anyone else to be drawn into the not having fun either. But when I went to college, it was a little different because the singing was great, a cappella. But then I went to another uh, school where I met Bob, it was a Baptist university, and I began to sing with instrumental music. <laughs> Bob and I later married. We came back to Texas through another, uh, a lot of towns in between. And when we were here in 1980, the hottest summer we've ever had, we moved in on June 26th. It was 113 degrees. But we moved from Cleveland, Ohio, and we, we promised the Lord we would never gripe about Dallas weather again. But my mother became very ill, and she lived in Texas nearby. And she was a very strong woman in my life. And I was devastated to find out she had ovarian cancer. And the doctor made no bones about it. She was at Scott and White in Temple, Texas. He made no bones about it that she was going to die. And this frightened me very much. I always think of uh, John... 1633, it says, in this life you will have troubles, but fear not, for I have overcome uh, the world, and there's peace there. And so I just have to start by saying the point that Suzette stopped at is, uh, uh, is, is a point where we experienced a time of great difficulty and upheaval in our lives. Uh, I loved Vi. She was just uh, a special person. And so this was devastating to both of us. We had two kids in their sort of uh, middle school uh, age range at the time. And uh, she was in Scott and White in Temple, and we were trying to carry on our life at home. So the short version of that is uh, it wasn't very long before we came to the end of our rope. I came to the end of my rope. Uh, very quickly, and uh, uh, and I think uh, that was probably uh, the Lord's 
seeking me to enter into a different uh, relationship with him and speaking in tongues was part of that. So uh, Suzette uh, was first, uh, but uh, our, our rope was short, but the Lord's rope was long. And so our gift of tongues uh, was the Lord's way of meeting us in our time of desperation uh, and uh, uh, equipping us uh, to get through that time. And there have been other times uh, in our life uh, where that sense of desperation, what am I going to do? the ability to take talk to the Lord for me in three and four up there, uh, as uh, Zach uh, talked about tongues, uh, it was a way I could speak to the Lord. I could speak to the Lord uh, about uh, the desperation in my life. Uh, I could, uh, when I couldn't think of how to pray, the Lord's gift of tongues allowed me to have a way to pray with the assurance that the Lord was listening and then the proof that the Lord would respond, and he always did. And so there was real peace for me uh, in that, and that was uh, in 1980. Going back to Bob's background, he grew up Southern Baptist. When we met... I insisted that we had to go to the Church of Christ. So he did. He was so gracious in letting me have my way. And he wasn't that upset about it. So he joined the Church of Christ. And we lived that life for, we got married in 67. So until 1980, we were entrenched in the Church of Christ. And we were believers and we were surrounded by believers. But we wanted more. I wanted more of God. I knew there must be more than what I thought. So when I went to Temple, Texas to see my mother, we lived in Plano. She was desperate and afraid too. But she had one friend in the Church of Christ who was spirit-filled, Ira. And Ira could not wait to get her hands on us. She was there, and she said, come and let's have coffee in the cafeteria. And she had her Bible in hand. And she read every one of these verses. And she talked about Acts where the disciples had power. They had power to heal. They had power to cast out demons. And we sat there with our mouths open and our eyes wide because we had cut out those verses of the Bible and pretended that they were not for us. So when she began to give us the word, the Lord just began to lift the blinders. We began to receive it, and we had questions, and we went home back to Dallas, 
And I remember talking to one lady at church that was different from everybody else. And her name was Gwinnell, and we called her up and said, Gwinnell, do you speak in tongues? And she said, why do you ask? (laughs) So we um, told her that we were really seeking. I had never heard of anyone speak in tongues. I had never heard heard tongues. I went back to, to Scott and White by myself. We had someone keeping the kids. Bob had to work. I stayed in the Ponderosa Hotel. And that night, I got on my face because the doctor had said, your mother will die. It will take a long time. Your marriage will suffer, and your home life will be hell. I mean, what kind of doctor says those things? That's what he said. I was on my face, and I said, Lord, I am crying out to you for power. There is nothing in me that can handle this. My mother and I were very close. And she was, she was 64, and I was 34. And I got down the flat on my face, my nose in the carpet, and I cried out to the Lord, and he began to just put electricity through my body. I could just feel wave after wave after wave. And all night long in that hotel room, that's what happened. I just felt wave after wave. The next morning when I arose, I went to mother's room. She was very discouraged. I then went to the chapel at Scott and White Hospital. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I think you have given me tongues because the Bible says so. And I'm going to just start making sounds because to me that was giving him my tongue. And so I said, dee-dee-da-da, ba-da-dee-a-shoka, oh, 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 oh. I mean, it just came, and I was so excited, and I just started speaking in tongues, and then the door would open, someone would come in, and I would just sit there quietly, (laughs) waiting for them to leave, and when that person would leave, then I would start singing in tongues, and praying in tongues, and, and yelling in tongues, and being real quiet in tongues. Honestly, I had a new toy, but it was a godly toy, and I was so very excited to have this gift. I called Bob, and I said, something has happened to me. I am speaking in tongues. Do you still love me? (laughs) And he said, of course. This gift has meant everything to me. It doesn't mean salvation. It doesn't mean that the Lord loves me more. It doesn't mean that I have more power in my life. It doesn't mean that I can 
minister to others better. I know people who don't speak in tongues that have such wonderful gifts. And they have such wonderful ministries. But I'm just saying, there is a gift that God is giving us. We can take it or we can not take it. It is a gift forever. It's not a gift that, it's not even like prophecy where sometimes you can prophesy and sometimes you can't. It depends on the spirit leading you. You can always speak in tongues. It is always there. You can shut it off. You can go years without speaking in tongues. It is totally in your power to speak it out or not speak it out. You can speak it out loud. You can speak it very quietly. You can speak it without moving your lips. I very often do that wherever I am and just moving my tongue, I know what I'm doing. And I'm not offending anyone. But it is something that Paul says, I speak in tongues more than any of you. And I understand that because you can speak in tongues all day long. And you can speak in tongues and think about something else. But this power of speaking in tongues has taken me through some very difficult times. For a teenage pregnancy, for our son on drugs, for our grandson being killed in a car wreck car in, in a bus crash. There are times when those unexpected things happen to you and you think, I'm not going to bear this, just like my mother with cancer. But there's something about being able to communicate with the Lord in tongues that lifts you. It lifts you and edifies you when other things don't. So uh, she came back uh, to Plano, and uh, all of this was going on with her. We had some good friends. It started going on with them. I was convinced when Ira showed me Acts 2.39, and it said, this promise is for you and for all generations uh, those gifts that were in uh, practice on uh, the day of Pentecost. So I believed, you know, intellectually right away that uh, that was uh, for us today. And I, and I find it hard to believe that uh, at some point in the next uh, decade or two that as the apostles died, that the Lord would say, well, you know, Jesus was there for 33 years and the apostles were there, and they spread the gospel, and, you know, we just don't need those gifts anymore. We don't need people that have a gift of healing. We don't need to have people that have a gift of prophecy, because uh, we can make it now. And I think uh, the, the wisdom of the Lord was that was just a start of how those gifts would be displayed among his people 
and in his church for building it up and for ministering, you know, God's mercy and compassion. Um, my best friend at the time walked into our uh, walk-in closet uh, at our house and uh, while, we were gone. while we were gone, and he came out because he believed uh, the testimony that we had uh, given. So I saw all these people starting to get the gift. Yes. And I, I saw all these people were speaking in tongues. And we had, as Suzette mentioned, we had uh, shifted our church membership. We were invited to go somewhere else. Uh, and so we had, uh, we, we had, uh, uh, I'll tell that story some other time, but uh, we were, we were going to an assembly of God that was like a halfway house for people coming out of denominationalism. And, uh, we, uh, every time that the pastor called for, uh, anyone who wants to be filled with the spirit, speaking tongues, come on down here. I was like a track starter. I was, you know, if I'd had blocks, I would have been down, and I would run down, and, but uh, one night, I think it was a Wednesday night, so there's value in Wednesday night attendance, I can vouch for. Uh, I went down, and these three Pentecostal ladies uh, got hold of me, and they were not going to let me go, uh, and we don't subscribe to, if you're not filled with the Spirit unless you speak in tongues, so we're, we're, we're not there. But uh, they had me down, and I thought, I'm not going to get out of here. I'm either not going to get out of here alive, or I'm going to be speaking in <laughs> tongues. And so I started, uh, at their urging, making, you know, sounds with my voice, and, and it wasn't long before uh, I was speaking in tongues as well. And... Uh, I just, I just uh, thank the Lord. It's, these gifts are inclusive, not exclusive. When I got that gift, uh, you know, one because I was fasting like I was supposed to, reading scriptures like I was supposed to, uh, attending church like I was supposed to. Uh, it, 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 there wasn't any of that. Uh, it was God's compassion and mercy and preparing me for events that would come in my life, you know, then and later. Suzette's touched on a couple of them, but uh, it's an inclusive thing. And if you have, if you do not have the gift of tongues and you uh, don't know what to do next or you're discouraged about it, God's not discouraged about it. God's not pouting because you have not sought the gift of tongues with all your heart. He's not pouting. He's not angry. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. And uh, particularly the manifestation in three and four, those are for, those are for everybody. And uh, although I've operated in uh, one and two occasionally, you know, most of my life and most of my testimony to God's goodness to a, to a needy man, has been in uh, my private prayer life uh, in, uh, th- in three and four. So, I just want to add one, one thing. Bob's prayer life, his, his tongues are not like mine. Um, the Bible talks about tongues of angels, of men and angels. 
Bob's is more of the Morse code and dots and dashes. So if you have a tongue that sounds really strange to you, that's just a gift from the Lord. We're all different. We all receive different. We all sound different. I might add that in this assembly of God, I started getting manifestations in the, during the assembly, during the preaching, and I felt like I had a message in tongues. Well, you know, here was this little Church of Christ lady in this big sanctuary, and I thought, what in the world am I supposed to do with this? So I went to the pastor, and I told him what was happening. And he says, well, you just stand up, and I'll recognize you. And I'm thinking, I'm not, I, I can't do that. He said, okay, when I finish my sermon, I will look over at you, because we sit in the same place all the time, right over there. And he says, if you're standing up, I will nod to you that you can speak in tongues. Oh, my goodness, I didn't know if there was going to be an interpretation. Uh, now, this was common in that church, though. I mean, I was not the first one to speak in tongues. There were, in fact, he had to kind of calm people down because they wanted their turn. So I would stand up, and he would say, okay, and I would give a message in tongues, and I was shaking all over, but there was always an interpretation, and as I grew in this and went to other uh, bodies, I won't even tell you how many churches we've been members of, um, I, I had the interpretation, but I knew I was supposed to speak in tongues too, but I only did it in bodies that allowed that. I've never wanted to um, usurp authority. Oh, that's a Church of Christ word. I never wanted, I always wanted to be under authority and do what was right and, um, and be gentle with the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. Well, thank you all so much for sharing your lives with us, sharing your story. We love you all. And just think, so many powerful things from what was shared just there. A couple just to draw out. I think it was interesting to hear for Suzette that this gift came in a time of real crisis and personal difficulty, and it came on her own, that it was her meeting with the Lord in a hotel room, down on her face, and in a little chapel at Scott and White Hospital. And Bob, for you, it was a pursuit over time of going forward and going forward and going forward and laying on of hands and prayer and receiving that. And I just think that's an important thing for us to realize is that God moves in a variety of ways. And <clears throat> for some of us, it's, it happens uh, very quickly. And for others of us, it's a process. And I think that's encouraging just to realize like God uh, is faithful either way. And you will find yourself somewhere in the midst of that. So here's what I'd like for us to do. Uh, it's 635. We've got about 25 more minutes or so, but not really counting. There's no back end on tonight. You can leave when you are ready. Uh, we're going to take time to turn on some music, some worship music. 
and then to have uh, some of our prayer and prophetic team, our pastors, will be up here. And if you'd like for someone to pray for you, uh, we would love to pray for you. If you would like to pray on your own, like Suzette talked about, maybe you want to go get down your face over there. There's freedom to do that. You want to sit in your seat, read your Bible, pray. That's awesome. We're just going to take time to seek the Lord and believe for God to minister. For some of you, this may be like, okay, I got what I want. This is new to me. You know, go easy on me here. And that's fine too. Like, I want you to know that this is kind of be an ongoing discussion. Bob and Suzette are around. If you want to pull them aside sometime and ask them a question, our pastors would love to help you. Your life group leaders would love to help you kind of navigate this gift so you can move uh, at your own pace as God leads you. Does that sound good? All right, y'all don't sound very convinced. That sound good? Okay, great. So Stephen's gonna turn on some worship music for us. I'm just gonna invite you to stand as we pray. And if you are one of our pastors, prayer team, Maybrees, if you would be up here available for people that want ministry. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you that you give gifts of the Holy Spirit to your people, Lord. And we're just hungry, God. We wanna respond to the word that said, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Or so we want to hunger and thirst after you and the things of God. Lord, we want to come before you with faith in our hearts. I'm asking it tonight, Lord, that you would baptize people with the Holy Spirit and that you would release fresh gifts of the Spirit. You would stir things up, Lord. You would release gifts of prophecy, gifts of tongues, gifts of healings, Lord, that you would just pour those out in our midst, Lord, for your glory and the good of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Just worship, feel free to respond to the Lord and we'll have people up here available to pray for you and with you.